Welcome to another episode of the Open Assembly Podcast. I'm your host, John Windsor. And in this episode, I chat with Wyatt Nordstrom, co-founder of Maven. Maven is a global network and marketplace of industry professionals, thought leaders, and experts who share their knowledge through Maven's unique micro-consulting platform. Some of their many clients include Home Depot, Siemens, Microsoft, and NASA. I always love talking to Wyatt about all the amazing work being done at Maven, and I hope you do too. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'd like to welcome Wyatt Nordstrom from Maven. How are you doing today, Wyatt? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing, John? I'm good, thanks. Hey, so tell us a little bit about you personally first. Well, I grew up on the East Coast, originally in Pennsylvania and then Tennessee. Went to college in upstate New York, where I got a degree in material science, and then came out to California in the late 1990s and got involved in the, in the semiconductor industry. Just by way of background, I was an expert in the technology. It was pretty hot at the time. Traveled around the world a bunch, helping companies to implement it in their manufacturing facilities. And then eventually made a hop over to Wall Street and got involved in equity research. So prior to creating Maven, I was an engineer, a technologist, a marketer, and a financial analyst. Man, that's a pretty diverse career. I had a chance to do a lot of things. I mean, I think that probably adds to building Maven, huh? The idea that you've seen so much from so many different angles. Well, I mean, that's actually where Maven originally came from. At the end of 2007, I was sitting around with some pals of mine. One was a lawyer, one was a real estate guy, one was a computer scientist. And we were talking about all of the things that we'd experienced in our careers up until that point. And to a man, all four of us said that, that the biggest challenge we faced on a daily basis was that every day we were forced to make decisions that required other people's expertise. And we didn't know enough other people to be able to gain that expertise and make those decisions effectively. In other words, even though we were all pretty smart and and good at what we did, we didn't have all of the information, all of the insight, and all of the experience we needed to be effective on a daily basis. And uh, that led to a lengthy thought experiment on how you solve that problem. And, And the result of that thought experiment was Maven, which we kicked off in the early part of 2008. Well, awesome. Well, that, that was actually going to be my third question. Like, what was the founding story? And thanks for sharing that. You know, let's also talk about, just tell us about the platform. What does it do? How does it work? Some of the key features and what's your goal with it? Yeah. So I'll start with the goal. The goal is to make all of the world's expertise instantly available on demand to whoever, to whomever needs it. And the application of that or the way that we accomplish that is through the combination of software applications and people. So to take it a step further, we've built a giant network, giant online professional network of virtually every type of of professional, every career, every geography, every educational background, every functional role, every level of every profession. And those people make themselves available through our technology to consult on demand via really short consulting interactions with our clients. How short? Well, we live in the world of micro-consulting. We measure those interactions in terms of minutes or maybe hours, occasionally longer than that. But, but for the most part, people are connecting for rapid-fire interactions with the people who know the things that they need in order to make better and more informed decisions. So we built a big network. We built software, obviously, to aggregate and manage that network. And then we also built a series of applications that do interesting things with that network. The software targets people for specific areas of expertise. 
qualifies them for the characteristics that they need to respond to our clients' inquiries appropriately and confidently, the ability to motivate and incentivize them to do so, the ability to screen them for outside conflicts to make sure that they are allowed to consult on specific topics or, or you know, able to consult ethically on specific topics with specific clients at specific times, and then the actual m- modes of interaction, which include things like talking on the phone, we call those phone consultations, webinars, seminars. We conduct a lot of electronic survey work, and we also place consultants for long-term consulting projects. So really anything that you can do with professional knowledge, perspective, insight, opinion, or even in a lot of cases, labor can be accomplished through our platform. Yeah, that's great. So specifically, what categories do you work in? I know you started in some categories, but you've grown to others. Actually, it's the opposite. We are completely category agnostic and always have been. We didn't build a healthcare network or a technology application or a food and beverage solution. We built a solution for a professional seeking expertise and agnostic and neutral as far as you know what the form of that expertise is or where in the world it might reside. That's the opposite of the way that a lot of people have tried in the past to build these types of networks. And what folks often find when they try to build certain, you know, platforms like this is that if you do specialize in one category where you believed all of the inquiry and interest was going to be, turns out to be completely wrong. So we said, let's turn that idea on its head and build a broad-based, comprehensive network of expertise so that if a client happens to require the expertise or knowledge of a coal miner or a tobacco farmer or somebody who does SEO for an Arabic language website in the Middle East or an astronomer on station in in Antarctica, we are able to deliver that form of expertise or that type of professional whenever they're needed. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think it really dovetails with a lot of the research we've been doing at Harvard and at the Laboratory for Innovation Science and that really sometimes the most powerful knowledge is is adjacent knowledge, right? You've got expert knowledge. It's awesome, but sometimes expert knowledge gets stuck in a paradigm and can't see force for the trees. To be able to tap into adjacent knowledge just a little bit different brings a whole new point of view into things. Well, it's interesting. I mean, how many times on a daily basis do you wish that you knew something that you had no idea that you would have wished that you had known even a day before? Maybe that was a little convoluted way of thinking of things, but but ultimately the point is we don't know as professionals what's going to come down the pipe. We didn't know in February or you know maybe a few months before that that the biggest topic of 2020 initially was going to be a disease called COVID-19. And so if Maven were, were a network that didn't include the kind of expertise that you would need in order to learn more about the impact of COVID-19 on your business, we would have been left high and dry this year. In reality, we built a broad-based network. And now when people want to learn about things that impact their business related to COVID-19, they're able to do so. Yeah, I love that. I was on a recent podcast and we were talking about the idea that pre-COVID, we were in the knowing or the knowledge economy where the firms that became the most famous were ones that knew the most. So you can especially look at consulting firms, right? They could command the highest price because they just knew the most in, in companies or individuals go to those experts. But we're moving into kind of the learning economy and it's not how much you know, it's, it's how do you learn and how do you connect with the right people that do know. And so on this podcast a couple of days ago, the guy I was talking to said, yeah, that's kind of the case post-COVID, but it's bigger than that. It's actually generational. It's like my generation is a 60-year-old 
built itself, the economy built itself on this kind of knowledge and, and, and knowing economy. And millennials and, and younger folks are in the point of view that they've always had too much knowledge. And really, it was a curation that was the most important thing. That how do you find the right knowledge you need to, to have and how do you apply it? That's exactly right. And you know, I guess taking that a step further, the information or the knowledge that the explicit knowledge that you find written down often isn't what you need in, in the context of, of whatever the challenge is that you're facing at a particular moment. And yet it does exist somewhere. It exists inside the head of some, some other person. We believe at Maven that the fastest way to learn is by talking to somebody who knows more about a topic than you do. There's a reason why we still at least in pre-COVID days, send children to school, send students to university to sit in lecture halls and listen to people that are more knowledgeable than them and interact with those individuals and learn from them, because that is the most efficient way for humans to learn. We spent a lot of time in the late 80s through the early 2000s figuring out new and interesting ways to use technology to write things down. And yet in the process of doing so, we ignored the fact that There are many, many things, most of the things that are important to the advancement of technology, to business, to social issues, and so on, again, only reside inside the heads of people and are never written down. So part of what Maven was built to do was to try to unlock that untapped resource and make it available to everybody. Yeah, I love that. That's so smart. Well, tell us one good case study from Maven, you know, customer success story. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch. And my favorite of all time has to do with something that came out of General Electric a couple of years ago. GE, we've been working with them for many years, including with their licensing and corporate ventures team. The licensing team in particular is tasked, like a lot of licensing and IP management teams are, with really two things. You know, One is finding out who's infringing upon our patents so that we can go after them. That's maybe not everybody's favorite thing to talk about, but obviously that's a key function of those organizations. But also, and more excitingly, to find new applications for things that were developed by your organization in the past that you're just not using. So the licensing team had a portfolio of patents related to microelectromechanical systems that they wanted to run by some experts to understand if there were commercial opportunities for these things that weren't being tapped by GE. In particular, there was one set of patents that they thought they had found an interesting application for. And they were really looking to validate that application before they went into development. They asked Maven to connect them with some experts. We did so the, the next day. In fact, they got on the phone with a gentleman who had spent about 30 years in that industry. He recently left a very senior position at one of the largest companies in the business and was kind of either you know looking for the next thing to do and considering retirement. But ultimately, through a conversation with him, they found out that, yes, the application that they had identified was an interesting potential you know, way of commercializing this technology, but they were missing something really, really big. And literally in about 45 minutes, he pointed them in the right direction. At the end of that call, they called back to Maven and said, you know, that was a really fantastic interaction. We think there's a big opportunity here, and we'd like to hire that person for a longer period of time to consult with us on the development of a business plan for market entry for this, for this new application. Over the course of the next two years, they consulted with him. He helped them to build the business case. He helped them to validate the technology. He helped them to analyze patents and and competing technologies. And ultimately, at the end of that two years, they spun that business out of General Electric as a new company called Menlo Micro with $20 million in funding and the expert that we had introduced them to as the president of the company. 
Wow, what a great so, story. Yeah, so, so this was a, a case where a conversation led to the formation of a brand new business. That's super cool. So now with the disruption of the current crisis, including COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter and all the civil unrest, all the changes in culture, what are you seeing out there? Well, COVID-19 in particular has had a really interesting impact on our business. And for a couple of reasons. One is that Maven, since its inception, has always been a work from home business. We don't operate offices. We never have. And so for the past 12 years, I've worked from home and all of my U.S. staff have. We do have a large development center in Eastern Europe, but obviously they've been forced to work at home as well. So interestingly, unlike a lot of companies from an operational perspective, it didn't really have any impact on on us. What did have an impact was the fact that everybody else being forced to shelter in place and work from home has really, believe it or not, freed up a lot of extra capacity for people to do the type of primary research that, that Maven helps to facilitate. And as a result of that, we've seen a real explosion in the amount of activity that's taking place on our platform. So in some ways, we're almost perversely a a net beneficiary of the pandemic. What's exciting to me is not necessarily the increase in activity. It's the increase in acceptance that people have of tools that help them to connect with people that they've never met before to answer the critical questions they need to answer to move the programs forward. That's something that's always been a hard sell for our company and companies like ours. And yet all of a sudden we're seeing the world embrace that as as the new normal and the new way of doing business and realizing that it is as strong and powerful and effective as our company and others like ours have been saying it has been for years. That's great, man. That's really cool. So who would you say your, your core customers are? We mostly work with big companies. We actually started the business originally as a research and diligence service for venture capitalists. And that was intentional. We figured that if we could meet the needs of that audience who have really short decision-making timeframes, who are making big bets on things that you know can go south pretty quickly, and are often investigating topics and technologies and companies and questions that they really don't have a lot of direct experience with, if we can satisfy that audience, then, then basically anybody can engage our platform and get what they need. And so back in 2011, 2012 timeframe, we really moved into primarily supporting enterprise clients. Our customers today are, are basically the market leaders in most of the major industries. We also do some SMB work, and we also engage with consulting firms that are helping others to do primary research and due diligence. Yeah, that's cool. So what's your biggest challenge right now? For me, the biggest challenge is short of all of the disruption from COVID-19 and how that's affecting things like corporate budgets and so on. I think the biggest challenge is the same one that it always has been, which is what we do is, is not what a typical company is used to purchasing. Maybe there's a more articulate way of stating that, but ultimately it's still new. It's still different. The idea of open talent, open innovation, for all of the attention that they've gotten in recent years, is still very foreign to most professionals. And so when we talk to new potential clients, we always say that our biggest competitor is the client themselves. And really what we mean by that is the mentality many professionals have that they already know everything and everybody that's important to them and their business. And the reality is, with whatever the number is up to these days, 8 8 billion people in the world and tremendous disruption brought about by technology and software and artificial intelligence and everything else, there's really no 
way that that could possibly be true. Once an individual embraces the fact that they don't know everything and everybody that's important to them in their business, then it's very liberating and it allows them to really start to reach out to think more openly and to embrace the outside expertise in ways that they've never done before. So really convincing people that that's the case and overcoming you know, internal bias against things that weren't invented here is and has been and probably always will be the biggest challenge. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's what we're seeing globally. I think it's one thing to innovate yourself. It's another thing to really help your clients use your service or product in a more efficient way. So let's turn to the future. What's on Maven's roadmap? The biggest thing for us is our platform has always been relatively full service or hands-off from the client's perspective. It's a little bit of a black box. And that was by design because ultimately, most people, although they've been trained to search for explicit knowledge, for factual information via the Googles of the world, are not effective at searching or trying to find expertise on their own. And so we built technology that does that for them. Making our platform more engaging on a self-service basis, I think, is the big initiative for us this year. Ultimately, though, if you look at the broader vision of Maven, this idea or this notion that everything that you can do with expertise, you can do with our platform, while technically true, is pragmatically not as comprehensive as we'd like it to be. So always trying to find new partners to add, new forms of interaction to broker, new ways of people utilizing that expertise that's available to them all of a sudden effectively is where we're devoting most of our development efforts. Yeah, that's cool. It seems right in line with where the world's going and what the world needs. So good on you guys. So here, the last question I've got for you is, what would you say to a leader struggling with even getting started with adoption of Maven and other platforms like yours in the open talent space? Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. You'll always be able to convince yourself why something won't work. And you'll find a million reasons that it won't. But until you try it, you're not actually going to prove that point one direction or the other. The reality is that, as I alluded to earlier, most of the time we consider our biggest competitors to be the people themselves. And that's because they're always finding conceptual or intellectual reasons why the embrasure of open talents and open innovation and open networking and open knowledge sharing isn't going to work. The reality is it does work. And the only way that people ever find out and prove that fact to themselves is by jumping in head first and trying it. That doesn't mean that there's no risk. But the risks are often far overstated relative to the reality that people experience. So stop overthinking it. Take a shot at it. Pick a few platforms. Try them out. Spend a little bit of money if you have to. But in most cases, with most of the types of folks that I've met through the Open Assembly Collective, you're going to have a very positive experience. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's a great way to end. Like, Just stop overthinking it, right? Just jump in and get it going. So, all right. Well, thanks, Wyatt. Thanks for being with us. That was Wyatt Nordstrom from Maven and look forward to continuing the dialogue with you over the next collective meetings. And as we try as an industry to continue to help companies learn how to adopt these new tools and be innovative. So thanks again, Wyatt. Thanks, John.